So, Kaylee, we're talking about spin-off series now. We're going into a slightly different Marvel realm. What would be your spin-off series? Like, who would you be in a spin-off series? And what would be your concept and all that stuff? Yep, I would be working at the newspaper office for, like, the Daily Bugle. Like a Peter Parker kind of thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just feel like having it focused on the journalists so you only ever hear about them reporting. Mm-hmm. the events happening from the outside world and seeing how they get the scoop and how they manipulate it and feed it to the feed it to the general public could be quite fun ah, you could like um see the events of the films and then report on it in a slightly different way yeah so you can see that there's some bias going in like you kind of see it a little bit in the original spider-man films where he's he obviously hates the superheroes doesn't he yeah um or you could be minutes. You, there's always that we've talked about how there's always that journalist character who comes up to the main character and goes have you heard about this this and this and then they go no and they run off you could be that journalist and we see things from that journalist point of view and how they find out this thing that the superhero hasn't managed to find out yeah i think that'd be quite fun and i think also maybe i'd get powers somehow in some sort of weird accident and what about like your home life would you be you know single mom trying to hold it together or would you be like uh, gender non-binary sexually fluid uh, person uh, or <laughs> well I don't want to be a single mum holding it together because I feel like it's been done um, by Caroline Quentin in every single crime drama she's ever done right exactly so maybe I could be, <laughs> <laughs> be like one half of a I don't know lesbian power couple um, yeah I think mean, that'd be quite fun other than that I could do my therapist one where I'm the couple's therapist for superheroes and their love interests which I also quite enjoy I think that's such a good idea because uh, there's a lot of there's a lot to unpack. If you get a couple who sat down and you think you've seen it all, you think you've seen like um, interesting sexual fetishes, you've seen, uh, you know, hidden secrets or traumas that they haven't discussed with their spouse. And then suddenly they sit down, they go, so he's a superhero and he puts our lives in danger about once every few years when there's a great big apocalypse happening. Yeah, exactly. And they wouldn't be like, he's a superhero. But- He's a superhero with, <laughs> with inverted commas. Yeah. <laughs> he would work a lot to save lives. And <laughs> but what about my life? He doesn't save my life. My needs. He just lets me be kidnapped over and over and over again. <laughs> and you'll have a little glamorous hair swish and go, oh, Freud did not prepare me for this. Yeah, right. I think mean, that'd be quite fun too. I'd quite enjoy being a couple's therapist I, like a mix between Frasier and uh the Sopranos but also with a, a dash of you know Buffy style comedy mm. and maybe like at some point there could be an episode where you accidentally get involved in one of the superhero storylines and then you go I totally understand things now and then you can solve their problems yes well maybe it could be a bit like the Sopranos in that the villains know that the superheroes are sort of being healed by my healing words and they mm. t- they, they take it out on me so those are my two options. I don't know which one Netflix is going to green light. Maybe both, but probably both because they throw money at any fucking thing that comes along right now, don't they? Exactly, and I won't be, you know, ostensibly Marvel, so they can get away with it for Disney Plus. Exactly, exactly. How about you? What would yours be? My idea is that uh, I'd be an old person in an old folks' home, and I used to be a superhero. I'm still got superpowers, but I'm older and a little bit retired. And I'd, and but I've still got supervillains that I didn't quite destroy, and they're coming after me in the old folks' home. And I love the idea that if I've got like the power of, say, telekinesis, I've got it, but I've also got to like push my wheelchair telekinetically at the same time as like throwing a dagger through down a corridor or something like that. And I love the idea of like old men being like, like the presidential debates, in fact, it would be a little bit like that. Yeah, and there's a Simpsons episode, isn't there, where like Abe and Mr. Burns team up to go get Nazi artwork or something. They no, they were part of um what's the word when uh each person dies and the last living person inherits um, it all? Yes. Is, is it a ton a tontine or a pontine or something like that? I have no idea. This Hang is on. a word I don't know. Let me look this up. This is an actual thing. Yeah, okay. a tontine is where it's an annuity shared by subscribers to a loan or common fund. The shares increasing as subscribers die until the last survivor enjoys the whole income. There we go. Maybe like the I could be an old man. I'm part of a tontine, and but the 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 me and the last like two or three survivors they're starting to become supervillains. 
and becoming greedy and horrible in their old age. And uh, and it's just a big struggle for the the gold, the whatever gold that we've left at the bottom of the ocean or something. Plutonium, something. <laughs> Plutonium, kryptonite. Tesseract, you know, people do this sort of thing. And uh, then the yeah. press would report on it as if, if whoever wins would be like, but was it the right thing that they overcame the others? Who really was the evil in this situation? <laughs> Perhaps the, ta- the real tontine was inside us all this time. <laughs> yeah. And then there'll be two seasons and Netflix will cancel it. Yeah, but that's fine because you would have had your run and you can go be in some other shows then. That's true. Well, it, as as an old actor, I'll have have like a new wave of fans. Like like when Jessica Lange was in American Horror Story, or when Meryl Streep did Devil Wears Prada, she got introduced to a new generation of people. Well, you, it'll also be your first introduction to people. So yes, I should say I'm not an actor, and I'm not seventy five. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> not yet. No, I've still got a few years to go to reach that goal. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that all three of those series would be pretty good. Right. I'm writing to Netflix right now. What's their number? Oh, zero, double zero. Oh, zero, double zero. Green like this, stop. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to The Marvel Virgin, a podcast all about the Marvel Cinematic Universe. My name is Paul, and I'm a Marvel Virgin. And my name is Kaylee, and I'm a Marvel whore. For each episode, Paul is watching a Marvel movie or TV series for the very first time, and with my help, we'll be delving into the good and not-so-good aspects of the MCU, and navigating the secrets and intricacies of this big and complex universe. If you'd like to send in any questions, comments, factoids, or even if you'd like to correct anything we've said, after all, we're not perfect, then you can tweet us at the Marvel Virgin. We'd love to hear from you. Enjoy the show! We, uh, I have watched season one of Agents of S-H-E-L-D, no. Field, as it is also known as. <laughs> but there are dots in the middle, so we should really call it S-H-E-L-D. Depends. I mean, it could be a NASA situation, but... I enjoyed some of it. <laughs> yeah, I was wondering how you'd get on with this. It reminds me a lot of those 90s um, sci-fi shows. I was going to say, does it not feel really old fashioned to you? Yeah, it does. It's a bit like Stargate or Star Trek Enterprise or any of those like one shot episode, you know, and it, it is quite cheesy, but maybe that's where it's charm. I was getting massive X-Files vibes, but yeah. for like a slightly younger age group, even though I was like 11 when I first watched the X-Files, but you know, my childhood was traumatic, obviously. Yeah. And um, it was the fact that, starting with the fact that it's 22 episodes, which is a, such a large number of episodes for a series these days. But you have to remember it was it was put out there to sort of drum up interest for other Marvel projects. I don't think they needed 22 episodes for this. Of course they didn't need it, but I think if they were trying to, because Dark World and Winter Soldier were coming out quite far apart, they probably wanted to span both of those so that they could tease them both in. Uh, So it's basically one long trailer for any films that are coming out. Pretty much. And I believe that the finale, when it first aired, was followed up immediately by a trailer for Guardians of the Galaxy. Well, they knew um, which way their bread was buttered to, <laughs> to Marvel. I feel like Disney and Marvel have been very, very intelligent in that you have to watch these things and buy them. Exactly. But I guess they've tried to put a lot in to entertain people who aren't proper Marvel fan. It's also old fashioned in that it's at least it starts off very episodic. And so you've got a, you've got a set g- group of six and it's they they start the episode and they're they're in their hq and they're having some banter about something and then suddenly something happens and they they have to like solve the problem they solve the problem the episode ends and then the next episode starts the same again and they barely refer back to the previous episode it becomes a little bit more of a story arc as it goes along yeah but the first half is definitely a bit torchwoody doctor whoey yeah torchwoody doctor whoey but even like more like older more like um old star trek yeah very star trekky in that and yeah. the, the characters just barely change throughout you've just got your stock characters and then well, that's it and they are all <laughs> stock whedon verse characters as well mm. he's very good at like character types i mean i i love his work you know i'm a buffy fan but mm. 
some of the characters like their their personalities feel like they've been lifted from other shows like um Simmons feels very you know fans out there of Firefly she feels like Kaylee the engineer but just transplanted into another character in another show mm. which isn't a bad thing because it means you know you're, and like the the main guy Ward um, feels very like Angel from Buffy when he does that flip doesn't he i think these these kind of shows are good if you're watching them on a weekly basis and you know what you're getting into each time you know the structure and stuff when you're binge watching it which is what most people do nowadays it can get tiresome pretty easily and it all its faults really glare at you if that happens and i think that's why 24 episode seasons died out and are replaced with more 13 episode sort of much tighter storytelling and what happens in a previous episode has to directly affect next episodes. If you yeah. go back and watch like the old, old Star Trek from the 60s or something like Lost in Space, any kind of previous episodes, it's like it never happens when the <laughs> next episode starts. Which is why they can keep making the same mistakes over and over again. I know, the same thing happens in every single episode. Frank is just... sleep with aliens. Oh no, I did it again. <laughs> I mean, I do think it, changes a little bit from season one onwards because I guess mm-hmm. even like the final episode Nick's Nick me <laughs> on first, first name turns with Nick Fury um, but he says like you know rebuild do your own thing and I think that is kind mm-hmm. of a metaphor like take the show run with it do something a bit different to the other series you don't have to just be a side dish to the main films you don't want to be a side dish no, no. unless you're a particularly excellent side dish so Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. centers around a, a, a crew of agents who work for S.H.I.E.L.D. And so they basically find out about supernatural superhero-y things that happen and make sure it doesn't destroy the world effectively, yeah. don't they? That's that's the general thing. And they fly, they, they have a HQ, so they fly around in a great big plane. Called the bus. The bus, yeah, which is a really cool plane, actually, I must was, say. I don't think it would work if it was real, but... No, I probably not. <laughs> Has some design flaws, my engineering eye. But otherwise, it's a cool plane. I read an article once about if um, if the Thunderbirds um, vehicles were real, would they work? And Thunderbird One absolutely would not work. So it goes up straight and then gradually goes horizontal. <laughs> and apparently, the G force of that would tear someone apart. <laughs> I thought they were little wooden men. They'd be <laughs> if they were real people, then that that's that's something you don't want to clean up. But if they're marionettes, then it's all good. It's fine. Just a few strings and wooden toys. Um, having it on a plane is kind of a good idea because it means that they can literally travel to any part of the world and you can just be like, oh yeah, they're in Peru now. Oh, they're in Ghana now. They're in China now. And Yeah. And it is also a good way to put everyone in, like you said, Star trek close quarters makes that family style relationship build up quicker than it would normally. Mm, yeah. And I think it's fair to describe this group of agents as motley. Would you say yeah. they're motley? I, I would say they were motley. But they fit that, the criteria. That's very true. It's a very Whedon term again for any crew that he he puts together motley motley uh so they're led by agent coulson who died in event in the avengers but he's alive yeah and is you like him now you better be fan of coulson no i preferred him in avengers he's gone back to being just coulson whereas i liked him when he was fangirling over captain america well, he mm. does have a fangirl car. A what, sorry? Oh, he does. What was well, her name? Lola. Lola. <laughs> Lola, that's it, yeah. But he, he's mm, he's very serious. And I feel like a good manager needs a sense of humour. He's been, well, he makes a few jokes. He's been changed by all those uh, experiments and whatnot. I mean, I get, yeah, I get that he's died and been resurrected, but... Chill out, Coulson. Sort of <laughs> Chill out, yeah, he's got issues. But his big story arc involves him finding out how he got resurrected and why. And mm-hmm. it's all connected to, is it Project Tahiti? One of my questions was going to be, do you know what Tahiti stands for? I have absolutely no idea. The awesome horse in the igloo. So close. <laughs> You're a liar. Yeah. Um, I'll see if I can do this. Terrestrialized alien host integrative tissue eye. But one. I'm pretty sure that the eye is a one. Oh, that's cheating. That is absolutely 100% cheating. But they write it like an eye. You know, like when it's like... Yeah, thinking. Roman numerals. Yeah, yeah. My favourite bit of um, episode one, such clunky writing, is when um, 
he's talking about Tahiti and he walks out the room and then Shepard Book from from Firefly says he really doesn't know does he and they're, they're in a room filled with people on their computers I'm like well now everyone else knows something weird's going on with Tahiti do you think those people are, are typing on the computer are like what like what doesn't he know what do we I would be, <laughs> if I was there this would also be quite a good show the minions I would immediately MSN you like did you hear that what was what was that about um then he enlists an, another agent called Ward Grant Ward who's basically the attractive one who punches things stand up guy right such a no, no mystery there just a nice dude and you know that he's like tough and stuff because he's got monosyllable names Grant Ward like there's no kind of like Grant Dandelion. <laughs> Dandelion would be amazing. Agent Dandelion. <laughs> I'd love that. No, Grant Ward. Angry. Um, and he's also he also recruits probably the most interest one of the most interesting characters, Sky Johnson, mm. who is uh, very pretty, and she has excellent white teeth, and but she's slightly untrustworthy as a new recruit because she has connections to bad people. Yes, and she's a hacker. You and she's a hacker. She types really fast. <laughs> she doesn't use a mouse. She's so good. She just types. Yeah, what was interesting there is you said she's very pretty. Apparently, that was that was a big part of her character development. They wanted to create the hot girl guys want to hang out with and girls want to be. Well, that's the, the thing is, all of them are incredibly attractive. So I know it's like she, all I, of them. Are, <laughs> your logic is flawed. Literally, I do all of them. Like, so she has this connection to something called Rising Tide, and every now and then she's WhatsApping them. And but there's also another plot arc involving her trying to find out who her parents are. Yes, always good in Disney films. Mm. Which doesn't get concluded in this one, but there is a bit of a cliffhanger at the end of the season. With that little ooze in hand. But then Colson knows stuff about this, which is why he's recruited her. But he's not telling her stuff about this because he's Colson. Yeah, he doesn't learn. He doesn't learn. Um, and I feel like this is what me thinking they need to have like an away day as a team because there's so much conflict between them when they discover that someone's been holding a secret back. They have a lot of secrets, these guys. It's very true. Too many secrets. And I agree. They should go to like go away for something and just have a day. And then there is also Fitz, whose personality point is that he's Scottish. Scottish and a nerd. But he's still quite attractive. Oh yeah, they didn't even put glasses on him. I know <laughs> they put it. They put him in check shirts. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> How are we supposed to know who he is? Yeah, he's still a hot guy, and if anything, the Scottish accent makes him hotter. Apparently, a lot of people found his accent in America. They found it really difficult to understand. Well, to be fair, a Scottish accent is really difficult to understand. <laughs> I got it. I got what he was saying. <laughs> I got what he was saying, but some like to be fair to Americans, if I hear a, a really deep Glaswegian accent, I'm like, I beg your pardon. What the hell <laughs> on earth did you just say? Well, they also found Simmons's accent quite difficult to understand too. And I was like, but she's being Hermione, so... I This is what I thought. Let's go on to Simmons. Simmons was probably the one that I laughed at the most, and not for the right reasons, is that I had to look up the actress, and she is actually British. I thought she wasn't, and that was a fake accent. <laughs> no, no, that's her voice. She's just... Um... A... I was like, did the director just tell you, be really British? She was like, oh, hello. I'm going to say things like shenanigans and splendid. We should try and talk like her for the rest of the podcast. Okay. We're just going to be frantic and frazzled and discombobulated at all times. <laughs> We're somewhere in between Dick Van Dyke and Mary Poppins and Kira Knightley. Oh, more, yeah, much more Kira Knightley and Emma Watson. And we and have that, to very, Emma, very Emma Watson in the early Harry Potters, yeah. Over enunciate every scientific procedure I'm going to do. My drama school tells me to pronounce every single letter in every single word. That means that you've done it properly and correctly. But saying that, I, I mean, you do warm towards her and her frazzled behaviour, so that's fine. She's fun and the actress is having a good time. Again, impossibly attractive. And <laughs> I, kept act I actually kept getting her mixed up with Sky sometimes because I was like, you have the same hair. If I saw you both from the back, I think you're twins. They are beautiful. And yet... Not the hot girl that men want to be with and women want to be. <laughs> Probably because she's not American. Yeah, it's true. She's not a girl next door. She's, English. she's got the potential to be evil. And Skye has spunk. Mm. Which she is does. the right word. She's spunky. Gumption. And lastly, my favourite character, mostly because she is the voice of Mulan. 
and um, I kept hearing Mulan all the way through all of it. My questions is ruined. <laughs> I'm sorry. I would have. I would have easily recognize that voice i've seen mulan enough times is melinda may and i feel like the producers when oh we've got an asian let's give her martial arts skills they do it every time but to be fair to her she is very good at them she is very good she's very good she's probably the most interesting character because she's got like a traumatic past and they don't they mention it but they don't actually spend a lot of time on it in this season no, but I do love the, the nickname she really hates is the Cavalry. So I'm like, that's a nice name. I don't know why you're being so weird about that. Yeah, because, well, they, they explain that she was called into some kind of project in, I want to say, Bhutan or Bahrain or Bogna yeah. Regis, somewhere beginning with B. Bogna Regis, it was, yes. Bogna Regis. And I get, the, basically, the she saved lots of people except for one little girl. Yes, who died as a direct result of her actions. Uh, and then she's she's like unhappy about that. But she's been brought in and she's really sort of cold and held back and insular. She basically just sits in the cockpit and drives the plane for the first few episodes. She's the bus driver. She's the bus driver, yeah. And I like that she's a little bit like older and more experienced. and But still know. like sexy and glamorous and cool. Yeah. And she really goes to town like kicking people's ass. It's good. But did you feel that her little fling with Grant, so she, her and Gla- Grant, 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 start yeah. sleeping together, which Randomly. to be fair, he's hot, but I didn't, I, I'm kind of like, what on earth did he say to get her into bed? Because it seems like she's hostile to everyone. Well, maybe, maybe she or, got him into bed because she was like, I'm stressed out. I need to unwind. True, maybe. And he would probably go with that, wouldn't he? Because mm-hmm. he's a man. Yeah, and I suppose Melinda May is meant to be sort of late 30s, maybe verging on 40 or something, I think, isn't she? You know, I have no idea how old she is. Maybe. I think the actress is around that age, so I guess... She must have been very young when she was Milan. Mm, yeah. She was born in 1963. Does that help us? That made her around about 34 when she was Mulan. Oh, my God, she was 50 when this... Series was done. Wow. Yeah, that's pretty good going for Hollywood. I hope I'm that athletic and cool when I'm 50. <laughs> Me I too. will not be. Try <laughs> harder at just anything, like maybe run. But she, I think the, I think she plays her really, really well. I think she makes her the most interesting. She feels like the most accomplished of all the actors in the group, in my opinion. She does. She doesn't feel like she's being scripted. Sometimes she just like she emotes with her face as well as her words. I feel she's get she's got more into the character. The others, yeah, the others felt scripted. Even mm. their banter felt a little bit forced and a bit just not very natural. It wasn't the Avengers kind of banter where you felt like you could join in with it. What was that when um what was the really scripted bit? Oh, there's so many scripted bits I can't think of. I think it's in episode one and they're they're being hacked and someone's just like what is this nonsense you're filling the screen with? And he's like, it's not my nonsense. It's coming mm-hmm. from out, outward. And then um, Coulson strides in and he's like, it's longitude and latitude. And I was like, what is going What is going on? That doesn't mean anything. You can't just come in and say it's longitude yeah. and latitude. Stop it. <laughs> just, just say a word. It's boats. Yeah, I know. I could have walked in there and like, map. <laughs> Snorkel. Just bleh, nonsense. Umbrella. <laughs> I mean, he was right and everything, but it's just the way that no one ever like, stops. It's a very weedingly thing. It's very bouncy. No one really explains what they're talking about. Someone would just walk in the room and be in the conversation perfectly at the right moment. Whereas if it was you or me, we'd come in a bit, what's going on, man? <laughs> what are we doing about? <laughs> and if someone's on the computer doing something really important, someone always comes in and they just put the laptop down like really fast. <laughs> Sky does that so many times when she's trying to do like secret hacking things or search for her parents. And I'd be like, Pornhub. Pornhub. I would always assume, yes. Something <laughs> bad. Birthday present for me. <laughs> but none of them bad tonight. They're like, oh, it's totally normal that someone just suddenly like closes their laptop whenever I walk into their bedroom. Mm-hmm. That's fine. We'll just brush. Maybe they do think it's Pornhub and that's why they don't bring it up. The first time we start to get a story arc coming in is this girl in the flower dress. Yeah. She's kind of cool, isn't she? Yes. She's very nice flower dresses. She mentions in her first episode someone called the Clairvoyant. Um, yeah, it's a very cool supervillainy name. It is cool. I, I worry that they're going to run out of these words and they're going to just open up a dictionary and be like, I'm the duvet. The Clairvoyant and Project Centipede, which is less cool, but still quite cool. 
So who is the centipede? What do you mean? Like, it, it seemed like it was a different person all the time. Like, are there many centipede men? The centipede men. The human centipede. Um, <laughs> no, it's, a, it's an organisation. Centipede. Project centipede. Oh, I thought it was like a Spider-Man, Ant-Man centipede. Like, they oh. got Spider-Man and Ant-Man. So I, when I heard centipede, I was like, there's a centipede man. I would love that. But also, I mean, what would their power be? They they can move very fast, and if you cut off one section of them, they're still alive. My God, it is a good power. Now I, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, listeners out there. But Project Centipede to me meant that it was a group of many centipedes. Oh, oh, okay. So there's meant to be like an army of centipede men. Yeah, I mean, I don't think we need to. <laughs> I don't think we need to get. Centipede. I like the idea of centipede men. I, can I like this idea. Yeah, so- Centipede men and women. And has this stemmed from the stuff that's in Iron Man 3, the red stuff? It, yeah, it was a good callback to that, wasn't it? Mm. And they mentioned sometimes it's come from the serum that Captain America gets injected with, which is also stemmed from the serum that uh, Bruce Banner is injected with. Like it's all kind of connected up in sciencey ways. I think they just like to say sciencey words that they've already established. So we understand like it's gamma and serum and something else. <laughs> and then nerdy people go, ah, that's an incredible Hulk. Yeah, that is yeah. enjoyable doing that. Yeah, well, now you're going to be one of those people who can do it. Yeah, I could, almost. I mean, I thought centipede was a man. <laughs> Very close. That's why I'm here. Oh, and there's also this character Quinn, this attractive guy who's bad, but he's like a sort of businessman who kind of does dealings with both bad people and like the art, the real army, like the good army and stuff. And yep. he's a bit of a lone ranger. He's not really associated with any of them. He's just kind of like comes and goes as a bit of a... He's basically in every sci-fi show, there will be a naughty bounty hunter type. Mm. Not bounty hunter, is that what I mean? Yeah, they'll get the bounty, the dealer. Yeah, and it seems like Quinn is more about not really hunting people, but hunting alien technology that he can sell on. I thought it was pretty good. I quite liked him as a, like a secondary baddie. And he 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 can he's useful in the story because it means that he can connect up certain parties, people. This is the thing. The second half of the season is when the story arcs really come in. Mm. I must admit, I got so confused because it was it was like it was written for people who couldn't concentrate for longer than a couple of minutes before the scene had to change or another twist had to come in or someone had to betray them and then turn out to be a double agent or someone and then the villain had to be turned out to be that guy and then this this person turned out to be a hero and all that and I was like what is going on Doug actually watched a couple of episodes and he was in every 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 couple of minutes he'd go oh (laughs) scripts. you can feel the mechanics of it kind of turning you know it's not like a seamless like watching the machinery just work beautifully it's like, and, you're like and I feel like they the writers have like five or six possible developments for the characters in the next episode and they just kind of roll a dice and just yeah. go right that one yeah well apparently some of them they knew from the very beginning like for season up to season three they had some of them plotted out oh okay but there's there is there is a a, a vague skeleton to yeah. it. it the process of getting there is a bit all over the place sometimes episode 11 is where we discover that colson was dead for days days and days and days and was brought back to life using some form of technology but he doesn't know who was behind it i think he seems to assume that nick fury was behind it he does assume that mm. correctly <laughs> but no he- it turns out that he was head of the tahiti project doesn't it yeah but he didn't he didn't do it to himself. Oh. He actually left a little warning saying, don't do it. That's why him and Fury are arguing at the end. Oh, oh I got the, that. Yeah, oh, okay. I thought he was just head of the TT project. Okay, right. That makes sense now. And a couple of episodes later, Coulson and May discover um, that, uh, oh, so Sky, they discover that Sky was brought to an orphanage and she grew up in an orphanage, like Sophie in the BFG. Exactly like it kind of like that um and she seems to think that the woman who brought her to the orphanage was her mother but Coulson and May discover that she's not and then they tell her that and they think she doesn't need to discover anything more and I'm like you really think that that's going to stop her trying to find out any more about her past okay I just accept it that seems fine (laughs) 
I feel like, mate, Colson is Colson makes these decisions, doesn't he? He's sort of like, I'm going to tell you this one little tidbit of information and that's going to be all you get. And I think you'll be satisfied with that. And May's looking at him like, girl, no. <laughs> this is ironic because Nick Fury does that, but he does it. We've seen it in the films. He does it knowing that they'll figure out he d- like he seeds a thought so that they figure something out like he did with Iron Man. Mm. Um, but with Coulson, it's more like, I hope they don't follow up on this. Yes, yeah. and they do. <laughs> Stop assuming that they won't. I don't understand the logic. Um, then we have that train episode. Sky gets shot on this train mm. and they managed to use the technology that resurrected Coulson to resurrect Sky. Yes. Uh, but Coulson is like, no, don't do it. And then they do it and it works. And it's like, oh, okay, it was good, good thing you did it then. I'm glad you did it. Otherwise, she would have died even more than she would have died. <laughs> thank um, God for the guest house. Yeah, thank God for the, yeah. I'd love to go to that guest house and get resurrected from the dead. That looks lovely. I don't know, what, <laughs> I don't know why Coulson was like, don't do it. I'm like, absolutely do it. Bring me the Mai Tais. <laughs> Great, I love some Mai Tais and a resurrection from the dead. Perfect. Give me better memories than I have and I'll take it. And then we have my favourite episode and it's not even that connected to the whole story arc, but it's the one where Lorelai comes in from mm-hmm. the Thor world, Asgard, that's it, Asgard, and Sif comes in and is hunting her and Lorelai can make men do whatever she wants by being sexually alluring and hypnotizing them or something. And you can tell when she's being hypnotizing because her voice goes all like, double echoey, you will do what I say. Yeah, which, I mean, what man can possibly resist that? None. It felt like um, a Xena Warrior Princess episode. It was a bit. I liked because the other episodes have been cheesy but they've written they're written as if they're not cheesy like everyone's acting like this is super serious stuff but the Lorelai one I was like this is fun you've got the fun aspect of it in here and I like it because we get to see Sif on her own for once without the rest of the warriors free and Lorelai's a really fun Buffy-esque villain I would say she reminds me of Gloria you've watched Buffy no never seen an episode of Buffy shocking to me I don't know why I feel like we've spoken about this before. You should watch it, but not right now. I grew up in poverty. I didn't grow up in poverty, really. I think it's because you didn't grow up in poverty that you didn't watch Buffy. Ah, ah, yeah. (laughs) I moved past Buffy and went straight to the X-Files. That was the problem with me. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's just like a sort of very campy. And I like the idea that they're going about their normal, like, work and they're doing they're going after you know centipedes and the, the bad organizations that they kind of know about and all of a sudden someone else comes into it for like this little tangent adventure yes and um, and i like that they're they're all a bit sort of like oh my goodness like this laurel lipo oh, like they're, they're all a bit kind of taken aback and it ends with about four different fight scenes all happening at the same time and it's a bit of a scrabble the next episode, they meet who we think is the clairvoyant, who's a sort of man in a veg- vegetative state, and Ward kills him because the man, well, I assume because the man was monologuing for so long, he got a bit bored. Um, but Sky doesn't think it was the clairvoyant, and I, I assumed at this point it wasn't because this is only episode 16 of 22. Yes, you've got many more episodes. <laughs> many more episodes. So I'm like, I feel like there's another clairvoyant around. This is where things get wild and everyone's betraying each other. And it, it was so hard to tell who was on which side, I think. I think watching in bulk didn't really help because I couldn't really digest every episode and yeah, reflect on it. How many did you watch the whole thing in? I was watching, I probably watched in about um, about eight days. So I was watching roughly three or four episodes a day. Quite quite intense when there's about a thousand things happening in each episode. It's just a hard one to follow. Yeah, well, Victoria Hand, Hand is her name. Which goes quite well with S.H.I.E.L.D. Imagine being involved. Does she have sisters called Foot and Mouth? Exactly. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I mean, so she is a suspicious person because she thinks Coulson's a double agent. Because then it turns out that Hydra, who were the bad guys in Captain America, are actually in S.H.I.E.L.D., um and this is episode 17 is where lots of things come out so may reveals that she she was talking on the phone to fury and he asked her to keep an eye on colson um then they're told that fury has been killed with hydra's big uprising there's a big big uprising of hydra and we're not quite sure who's leading it all uh but for a long time we think it's hand and she asked for like unwavering loyalty from 
some of the main characters. She's sort of like, oh, I will shoot you. And they Which say, doesn't inspire loyalty. She needs to practice on that. Well, it doesn't because they're, they're so good that they say, no, we will not do it. And then she goes, good. That was a test. I'm not Hydra. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. <laughs> which i quite enjoy i quite like that bit actually i was like oh that was that was a gamble babe (laughs) (laughs) there must be a paper trail for whoever actually is in hydra here oh yeah you think so they probably printed something using the wrong office printer i do that all the time Mm, yes exactly yeah that's true you've got a paper copy and get rid of that a lot more easily than an electronic one (laughs) that's some advice for the future kids (laughs) but it turns out that the leader of Hydra is a character called Garrett, played by Bill Paxton. May he rest in peace. May he rest in peace. I love the way he dies. We'll get to that later. May he rest in peace. Uh, Because, well, Bill Paxton himself has passed away. Oh, I see. I thought you were doing for his character. His character also dies, but like (laughs) Bill Paxton has also died. (laughs) Okay, fair. And may he rest in peace too. Yeah. Um, And Garrett is Warden's, uh, Warden? Ward's, Grant Ward's old um, teacher mentor yes i guess he brought him in um and ward is and they managed to capture him i I loved the scene where garrett gets found out because cole he says something about like oh what about this this, and this and colson goes but i didn't mention this this and this (laughs) and garrett goes oh uh, and garrett literally acted like a child who's been caught out for not doing their homework he's like oh um I must have read it in a file. I, I howled at that point. I was like, I've used that excuse before. <laughs> it's really funny the trope as well, because I was I rewatched all the Scream films the other day, and Scream 4, the, the real killer is caught in a very similar way. It's like they reveal something that they shouldn't know, and they go, but how did they know I was stabbed in the shoulder? <laughs> and, you're like, and she's like, oh, I must have read it online. Oh. But it did, it was a bit like, I did, again, feel like the producers had like a list of names and just rolled the dice and went, oh, it's Garrett. Well, no. Did they no, not? They, no, 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 they didn't. They had that plan from the very beginning too, because he ah. knew he was going to be a mole before he even took on the role. How interesting. And he, mm. he does go from like, I mean, I find it a bit annoying that they try and give him half, he's not full bad. And I feel like they should have gone full bad when he flipped because he's got all these like little trying to redeem himself a bit but then he is super evil i guess they're setting up ward as someone who hasn't had much control over his life and therefore that's how it made it was easy for garrett to radicalize him and get him onto his side which is kind of how radicalization works isn't it it's it's targeting sort of the disenfranchised and the and people who don't feel like they're represented or liked by the world this is so yeah the, by this point i i felt like i knew what was happening but a lot of the terminology that they were throwing out, so like centipede, for example, obviously I missed the point of what that was. <laughs> and there were a few other words that they were throwing around that I wasn't, there were so many different kind of organizations and contraptions and names of things that I was struggling to kind of follow it. So for instance, Deathlock, was that a person or was that kind of like centipede? In, or, or What is Deathlock? Deathlock is um, uh, Peterson with the one eye. Deflock is Peterson. That is yeah. his name. Okay, cool. I got that right then. I literally wrote Deflock is Peterson with a question mark. So I can take the question mark off that question now. Um, my next one was who is Centipede? And you've answered that one. It's more like what is Centipede? Yeah. And what is Cybertech? Cybertech's that that company. The, but did they make Centipede or are they a different company? I think they're all like little Hydra fueled companies. Right. Set- so this one's the one that creates the cyber technology. You know, like... Hence like, the name Cybertech. Yeah, I, know, I was like, oh, I don't know how to explain it without the, being... The cyber technology. <laughs> the cyborgs. You know, like, because they have the cyborg creations and... Okay. And it's all... These are all people that someone like Quinn can, like, move between and sell things and betray people and stuff like that. Okay. Yeah. And then I got now got what the Tahiti project is. And who is Triskelion? They kept associating Triskelion with Captain America. So they were mentioning Captain America because this is where I assume there might be some crossover. It's like this Hydra, because they kept saying, oh, Captain America's doing this and this and this. And I was like, I wonder if we're going to see that in a Captain America film or- Oh, 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 I see. Okay, so Triskelion, that's that's not a person, it's a place. It's like a- Oh. It's like an HQ. Do we discover more about that in the next Captain America film? Yes. 
Okay. Uh, we don't need to know too much in that case. I'll, I'll leave it as a little mystery for me to discover when we get to that. It's just like another little shield place, you know? Oh, like a, a shield headquarters. Yeah. Like, cause yeah, that's, that's, that's just what it is. It's just another little place for people to work at shield. Like, it seems like they've got like headquarters all over this place. Feel realistic by throwing you in the deep end, but maybe it does it a little bit too deep. Well, like you say, it was released over a longer period of time with um, a couple of films being released at the same time as some of the episodes. So maybe it was meant to be watched more in parallel rather than one after the other, which is what I'm doing. Yeah, I did think that actually today. I mean, we've already spoken about how it references Dark World and and Mm. Winter Soldier. So it's a shame because some little plot points might be might be ruined or less surprising for you. Well, these films are coming next. So actually, it might be quite um, satisfying for me to see things connected up a bit more and I might gain a better understanding of Angels of Shield season one and what the hell was going on. Well, we'll see, won't we? After we watch one of the films, we'll discuss it and see how you feel about them. I might still be like, Kayleigh, what's happening? Help me. And you'll be like, ugh, I'm done with you. (laughs) Find a new Marvel scholar. (laughs) (laughs) But Garrett is, Garrett basically needs this technology. Because he's dying. He dying. He dying as a result of why is he dying? Or did he take some of the red glowy stuff and that's like slowly destroying him? I thought he had used that, yeah. But if he's got mm. cancer as well, I'll find out now. Do, 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 do. He's got failing organs. Oh. Failing organs. Okay. Very vague. <laughs> I don't know. What's wrong with your organs? He's dying. Doesn't really matter exactly what he has, but it's happening yeah. so at this point i was asking myself are they not going to deal with the fact that ward killed hand right like hand poor hand gets several episodes then very suddenly killed and never hear her name again well i think they probably drop it in and we just miss it but yeah no they will deal with it there's no no what no poor old hand has no one being like and also he killed hand they didn't like her though did they <laughs> Her sister's foot and mouth don't get a moment to come in and be like, we're no longer hand, foot and mouth. We miss her. We're just foot and mouth. We're like a body without a hand. And then we get to the final episode, uh, which is very exciting. The good guys all win. Garrett is killed by Coulson. Pretty cool. Coulson just like shoots him. He just he's, he's up and he's like, I'm going to be the most powerful thing ever. And Coulson just like goes. Are you doing at the very end when he like regenerates himself and... Mm. Yeah, I liked that because I. it seems like it's going to be super cheesy and he's just going like, this is why you should always remove the head. And you're like, ugh. And then the head is removed. The head is removed. In fact, the whole body is disintegrated. Which is a very Whedon move to just kill someone mid-speech. I quite liked that. I like that. I like how he, he sets up a convention and then throws it all away like mm-hmm. that. And it, it makes you laugh at yourself because you think you know where it's going, don't you? Yeah. Pretty much the whole of Cabin in the Woods is that, isn't it? Pretty, yeah, almost exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and Samuel L. Jackson comes into it as well. He gets a couple of episodes and he, you know what? Doug Doug was watching these episodes with me and he was like, it's really noticeable how much better Samuel L. Jackson is than everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think they even give him a script. I think they just let him out live. Sam, just say some things and we'll film it and we'll cut it in somehow. Maybe they built the script around whatever he wanted to say. I quite like that. Um, I mean, I like all their banter, him and Coulson. You get like the vibe that they've worked together for years. But it also makes that final fight feel very, um, it removes the gravity from the situation because you're like, well, they're obviously going to win. They're already doing the banter. But then isn't it obvious that they're going to win in these films anyway? Like yeah, if, the, well, ba- if that- the bad guy just wins... It's not much of a payoff, is it? But like you said, you, I mean, there's always the fear that like, will a TV show be brave and kill off some of its main characters? Mm-hmm. And that could have been the opportunity for some of the main characters to die. Like Coulson could have been killed and mm. we already know he doesn't want to be brought back. That could have been how he ended the series and it, mm. like that sort of thing. But no, nicked. They didn't go for that option. There's a good point. They could have been more daring with it. And that is something that is a bit of a fault in that it is a bit formulaic after a while. And I do get, I am a bit like, is anyone, are any of these characters going to die or develop in some way? Or is is it just going to be, they fight and they win and that's it? Well, yeah, because if you think about it, it's quite a happy, weirdly happy ending, apart from poor old Fitz, who we'll talk about in a minute. But everyone mm. else, 
gets like a sort of happy like oh we all made it but they do set up season two in that uh, i like this that the flower dress girl um because she's kind of a, a a bit of a lone ranger like she's not really she does a scene where she says she's not really interested in shield or this or that she's interested in evolution isn't she and then developing the human race like she's yeah. kind of on her own and she brings a picture of sky to a man who's bleeding everywhere from his skin yep gross and he's like i found your daughter and yeah that ended there so obviously we're going to find out more about sky's parentage in future yes. seasons did we not talk about fitz and simmons they get stuck inside they get put inside something that gets dropped into the sea yeah, yeah. they get into the sea <laughs> they go in the sea and then they have their big they really finally reveal their feelings for each other is like, are they like a brother and sister are they friends no he loves her He's like, I love you. And she's like, Can't you tell me right now? I'm dying. I can't believe you. You're splendid. I'm discombobulated by all of this. Thank you for the oxygen mask. So I live. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm joking, but I do actually, I actually quite like those two. I feel like their story, I was like, oh, I hope they get out. They're very likable, aren't they? I felt like they could have got some better lines and a bit more thought into them. I felt like they're just sort of the clownish ones from the British Isles. I think they're also meant to be like, I mean, like you know, like in the Avengers movies, it's higher stakes because it's like the, the ones who most represent us in the Avengers are Black Widow and Hawkeye. Yeah. They're still very unattainable. <laughs> Whereas in the, the TV series, it's like still unattainable in that they're both very, very attractive and very, very smart, but they are more normal humans and they can't really do everything that we would be able to do. There's an access point for us, isn't it? Like we're not going to identify with Grant or Sky or Coulson or May. They're they're too serious and too good, too <laughs> good, and too and they've they've all got secrets. Whereas Fitz and Simmons don't have secrets. They're just they kind of they kind of sort of brought on board as scientists. Like hello, <laughs> hello, we're here to help. And also that you you kind of feel warm towards them. Because they they clearly are friends and. Mm. You kind of get where they come from. Their big thing is that they just are there because they love what they do, and they are very. It's like when you have a crush on your coworker, and you kind of feel that going on. I just realised who they are. They're us. That's what I just said. No, I mean literally us. Me and you. <laughs> this is how we would be if we walked on the bus and we're like, "Hello, hi." <laughs> We've come to mend things. Oh, tap, 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 tap. <laughs> poor, I'm poor, poor. I'm going to get in a firefight because I'm actually very incapable of a gun. <laughs> Why are you keeping so many secrets for everyone, Coulson? <laughs> and it ends with, so Coulson gets made director of S.H.I.E.L.D. Which Threatens is exciting. to hurt Ward many times over for being such a little traitor. Mm, a little, little shitbag traitor, yeah. It also means that Fury can go and retire. Retire? <laughs> yeah, he'll be back, he'll be back. He can, he, come to the old, he can come to the old folks' home that I'm living in in my spin-off series. <laughs> yeah and maybe he just doesn't want to do tv he's much more into the marvel movies probably makes a bit more money from the movies yeah i quite liked coulson's argument with him i know we don't hear very much of it but he's like it was stupid and cruel and stupid and i was like yeah that's how i argue too i just don't really have a scripted and then he reveals that he saw coulson as an avenger all along yeah that's sweet because coulson always wanted to be one i feel like coulson really just wants superpowers doesn't he he re well yeah but he clearly is special. Yeah, he got resurrected from the dead. Yeah, but maybe because he's like Fury is a secret keeper. But, it, but well, yeah, because he also it ends with him carving things mm. into the wall. Now, what was that all about? I think you have to wait for season two. <sighs> <laughs> well, I guess it's not that long. It's only a few films. <laughs> exactly. I mean, you can watch them whenever you want. Really, I'm not here to control you, but. So yeah, Agent Shield season one. It's not bad. It's probably not something I would watch usually. It could have been shorter and therefore a little like a bit more packed into 13 episodes, mm. I think. But I see what you're saying in that with 22 episodes, you also have some extra advertising for the other films that are coming out at the same time. Yeah. And if you I guess if you look at Whedon's old projects, they are all quite lengthy seasons. It's the ensemble, isn't it? That's his big mo and he does set up like even if some of them are a bit clunky he does set up a, a cast of characters that you do kind of care about like in the final episode you do you do care you're you're like oh no will sky live will these guys get out of the box in the ocean 
And I do want to know more about what's going on with Coulson. I want to know more about Melinda May's uh, past. You meet her mother at one point. And I yeah. thought that was kind of cool that her mother is just some normal woman. <laughs> and I want to find out more about Sky's parentage. And, you know, I want to see Fitz and Simmons run around and be all British and stuff. I love that they sort of, they're so... They're just British, so they have to meld them together. It's like Fitzsimmons, that's the name of them. Don't even worry about it. They're from Europe, which is one country. (laughs) (laughs) Are you a fan of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., would you say? Do you like it? You know what I realised during this lockdown is that I I prefer films to TV Mm -hmm. in the world of Marvel. I do love Jessica Jones very much, but Mm -hmm. the other ones all feel like films that have been stretched to me. Right. Yeah. It, it's to, if you discover a new series and find out that it's 24 episodes a series, it's a it is a time commitment, isn't it? Yeah. And whereas yeah. a film, two hours, two to three hours, you're done. You've seen yeah. it. Exactly. Whereas that is so much content coming out. I just I need to work out what I'm going to commit to. I did like it at the time. And I mm. it's just not one that I feel like has the cult status. Like Phil of Whedon, he either makes cult classics or complete flops. And this mm. is a weird but it's like in the middle. It doesn't really go either way for me. But I know a lot of people love it. Like a lot it must of must do, because it went on for seven seasons. <laughs> exactly, yeah. So, well, I mean, I can tell you, well, you'll, you'll guess in our quiz, what do you think it got approval rating-wise? Somewhere in the 80s. 82%. Ooh, 88. 88. 88%. Mm. Yeah. I mean, you know what? I can see why people would like this, because we have a lot of TV shows that are, you know, 13 episodes and they're quite intense episodes you watch a season of the walking dead it's you can only get through two episodes and you need like a breather Mm. i think game of thrones is kind of the same and that that's the fashion at the moment is to have these really kind of intense short seasons um and actually agents of shield is a bit of a breath of fresh air in that in that it caters for people who are like you know what we want something that's really simple simple characters you can watch one episode on its own very easily, even if it's a story arc episode, they'll spoon feed you everything. Yeah. And I think there is absolutely a place in the world for that kind of entertainment because after a hard day of work or a hard day of lockdown living, um, you're going to want that kind of, you know, slightly more cheerful, easygoing stuff, aren't you? Yeah, exactly. And I, looking at critics reviews like basically people said that it's like fun a lot of fun quite mm-hmm. light-hearted which is at odds with what you're saying so I guess it also feels very serious it's striking a, a difficult balance between two very different tones mm. um but it's also kind of disposable in a way that like it doesn't feel it doesn't drag you in because you kind of always assume that everyone's going to be fine mm. I do think it gets better as it goes on and I do think the second half of the season is much like from Lorelei onwards feels better than the first half I was more invested I was more confused but I was more invested (laughs) and I I do think it does get better over time like I remember really enjoying later seasons let's do some questions more quiz more quiz yes what does shield stand for security homeland international espionage uh, long duck but I actually thought you were you were almost right for some of it, and then I was like, and now he's. he's I I currently lo- I lost track and ran out of words. <laughs> <laughs> the Strategic Homeland Intervention Enforcement and Logistics Division. Oh, it's really boring when you read all of that. Shield is like shield. I do like it when they make that little joke. So this is where I think it does work work quite well. When Ward's like, I think they really wanted it to spell out the word shield. <laughs> You're like. Yes, they did. 100%. I feel like the makers of shit was feel like Stan Lee did exactly that. Yes. <laughs> um, did you spot in the first episode like a couple of references to origin stories from Marvel? Probably, but I can't remember them. <laughs> oh, of course, yeah, sorry. It was like 22 episodes ago. I'm not going to remember that much. Well, they referenced the Iron Man groupies. Oh, the Ironette dancers. Well, yeah, because they're like no, the sweaty cosplay girls. And Sky's like, I only did that once. So she's one of them. Oh, how fun. Um, and the Spider-Man reference, which was like, with great power comes, you know. Great responsibility. Really... But they don't say that. They say something like really weird shit or something. Oh, yes, they do. Yes, I remember that. Yeah. Do you know who the relation the relationship between Fitz and Simmons is based on a real life relationship? Ooh. Um, the... Marie Curie and her husband. 
Yes, it was them. No, it was. Oh, I literally, um, I thought, I thought I, I did that stab in the dark and and completely got the target. <laughs> I would have loved that. No, it's, it's the writers Jed Whedon and I can't say her name, so I feel bad about this. Marissa Tancherowen. Oh, okay, that's cute. Yeah, that's nice. We like that. Oh, and do you know what Shield originally stood for in the comic books? Oh, uh, the uh, super huge industrial. Uh, extraterrestrial uh, uh, the, the something dog. We don't even know words beginning with L anymore. <laughs> a, what is L? What even is that letter? Supreme Headquarters International Espionage Law Enforcement Division. Ah, just as dull. <laughs> they are very dull. Um, okay, I was going to ask you a Buffy question, but obviously you don't watch it. But I'm going to say it anyway. <laughs> ask anyway, and I'll make a guess. It's based on a, an episode of Buffy, the whole series. The whole series is based on one episode of Buffy? It's inspired by, yeah. Well, I don't know. I've never seen an episode. So. Well, it's based on an episode called The Zeppo, which is basically where instead of following Buffy and the main gang's fight against like a, a proper cult that we're going to destroy the world, it follows Xander, who's like one of the other gang members, but he has not got powers. And he, he stops a bomb blowing up the school and he has like his own side adventures with like smaller smaller fry monsters and basically just Sweden was like oh it's a deep it's that was a very deliberate deconstruction of an episode in order to start a person who mattered least and he he wants to always make his shows be focused on the people who are ignored like the heroes you don't really pay attention to ah, I like that I like those kinds of episodes where they it's it, they kind of go off on a different direction to an episode. I think they call them a bottle episode. Yeah, they're a bit like it's it's sort of a self-contained thing that kind of enhances the world in which the series is set. Especially if it's a big and complex world like the Marvel universe. Exactly, and I think that is why this series is so popular because people who love Marvel, like ourselves, you mm. as well. Know, um, it is like a lovely little little I don't know what's the, what's the word of saying like a palate, palate cleanser or an appetizer like a little mini meal between meals it's like a nice taste mm. um Sky first audition for the role of which other character did she audition for Simmons she did which oh. makes sense it's the way you thought they were basically twins <laughs> <laughs> we'll just take the ones with the long brown hair yeah um, the 2014 poster. Did you did you see the 2014 poster? No, I, I haven't seen the poster. It. it basically contains seven characters rather than six. Why is this? Did they put Garrett into it as if he's a main character? So, what they did was they had um, Ward possibly on it twice, but from two different angles. Oh. Because he's so duplicitous. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you see i can do this too the simmons situation <laughs> there's like a crack in the pavement which separates one of him from the group which is why he's like oh no he's evil uh, he is a dastardly devil but a lot of people you know weirdly there's like a big fan base for him who are like redemption for ward um and they really want him to get his redemption out and every time it's on they they have like a little hashtag and I can't remember. Oh, stand with Ward. I don't I don't I feel like they're just going for someone who has a really good body. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean I feel there's a bit of narcissism involved here. The world of fangirls, that's what we are like, isn't it? Mm. What does 084 stand for? Ooh. Oh. Oh eight four, sorry. Oh eight four. It was um like a mysterious alien object of some kind, but I can't remember how it object I can't remember. of unknown origin. Why the eight and the four then? I, d- I don't know where the numbers come from. It, maybe they've got a long list of words, but they just can't be to learn them all. So every agent has to learn, like, numbers. It's a 217, and they kind of flick through a dialogue of a, a, a directory. Oh, a broken window. Why didn't you just say? <laughs> um, yeah, that's that. Do you know what the... Were you listening when they said, what was the one principle that S.H.I.E.L.D. is founded upon? Money. Well, yeah, money. Defence. Close protection. Protection. Sometimes I got protection. that right. I'm taking that one. Yeah, yeah but uh, protection from yourself, protection from others, protection from STDs. Um, yeah, all of the things. They're very into safe sex. Mm. I assume. Um, yeah, so that's pretty much that. And other than that, like, what predictions do you have for where these characters are going to go for season two? I think I assume they're going to bring Grant back into it because he's still alive, and they would have killed him off otherwise. 
Um, I'm not really sure how. I think I want to see more backstory from Melinda May. I want to meet the rest of her family because her mum seems awesome. You're just Melinda May at home. <laughs> Melinda, yeah. Well, I need a bottle episode where it's just Melinda May cooking at home or doing yeah. the ironing. I'd like that. I can't get the creases out of these black cat suits. Christ's sake. And Coulson seems to have like these newfound powers, maybe as a result of Project Tahiti. So I guess he can use that as director of S.H.I.E.L.D. somehow. Um, other than that, you know what? I think I am convinced that the producers have a great big wheel and they just spin the wheel and go, what's going to happen in the next episode? And it could be anything. It could be they could bring in Phil Mitchell from EastEnders to do a scene that would be epic and so um so unprecedented it was totally unprecedented but it was set a new precedent for quality and science fiction <laughs> yeah i mean obviously it will depend on the sh- the films as well our next one is one that i'm interested in because you have already expressed distaste for this film and it is thor the dark world you know what when i watch it again maybe i'll like it more because the weird thing is like when i watched this at the time loved it then I watch it again and you know you're like oh now I don't know it so maybe it will just be like that you recently described it to me as a sort of extended episode of Doctor Who and Doctor Who is literally my jam so uh I feel like I'm going to enjoy this and you're going to be like your taste is despicable you'll be like Simmons your taste is despicable I don't remember saying that because I love Doctor Who as well (laughs) (laughs) or maybe it wasn't maybe maybe someone else said that to me I'm not really sure The third one is the good one, Ragnarok. Well, we will find out if either of us actually like Thor. We don't know if either of us are going to like Thor The Dark World. It's a surprise. I don't think I will. But we'll find out in the next episode. You've been listening to an episode of The Marvel Version. If you'd like to join in the conversation, you can tweet us at The Marvel Version. We hope you enjoyed the show and that you'll tune into the next fact-filled episode.